Welcome to Your Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Good day to you. My name is Claire Carter, and I'm your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. The Holy Spirit has placed on my heart this morning, what do you require of me, Lord? So let's go to the Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we come to you giving you honor, glory, and praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, for all that you have given, all that you have done. Thank you for your son, Jesus, Yeshua, for his love and blood. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for leaving the Holy Spirit here with us to dwell inside of us, for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit so we're alignment, in alignment with you, Father God, that we want more of you, that we hunger for you, that we thirst for you and only you, Lord. So we thank you. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us, in our hearts, in our minds, in our vessels, in our presence here. Thank you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, onto this podcast. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome. Thank you for every listener. Thank you for every heart. Thank you for everyone that has tuned in to receive your word on this day, Father. We ask that you just bless them. Bless them. Bless them as they're going through, Father, whatever it might be on this day. We ask that you bless them, Father God, that the word that they receive today will ease their hearts and ease their minds, Father God. Thank you for what you have for us to hear, for us to build a closer relationship with you, Lord, because we know that that's all that matters in the end. So thank you, thank you, thank you for this day. In your precious and mighty name, we plead your blessings and blood over this podcast on this day. In your precious and mighty name, Yeshua Jesus, amen, amen, amen. So what do you require of me, Lord? So, so many times, you know, we require so many things of the Lord, right? We are constantly requiring things from God. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Lord, can you do this? Lord, will you do that? I want this or I want that. But do we ever stop to think, what is God requiring from me? And the word require is the need for a particular purpose. So we come to God because we have a particular purpose. We have a particular need. We have a particular want. We're not just throwing things out there. We're coming in a particular way to say, Lord God, I trust in you. Lord God, I know that you're a healer. I know that you're a deliverer. I know that you're a provider. So I'm coming to you on this day and I'm asking for a particular, I'm coming to you for a particular purpose, for a particular reason, for a particular thing, because Lord, I need you. I I need this to take place in my life. Lord, I need you to show up and take care of this or that. So do we stop to even think, what is the need for a particular purpose in my life for God? Do we ever stop to think of this question? Or are we so busy requiring and expecting so many things from God? Remember, we're building a personal relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. It's just not take, take, take and no give. So we can look at Micah chapter 6 verses 8. And this is in the King James Version. It says, He hath showed thee, O man, excuse me, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee? but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with my God. So in that, Micah is giving us the example in here saying that what God requires of us is to do right. 
to love mercy, to understand that God gives us new mercies every day, that he looks over us. We are to walk humbly, not be boastful on ourselves, but we can be boastful on the Lord, but walk humbly. We don't have to be that loud mouth that needs the attention. We can be the humble one in the sight of the Lord. So looking further into this, what does the Lord require of me? What does the the Lord expect for me to do? So in Ephesians chapter five, in the New Living Translation, we're gonna start and it says, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loves us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Wow. So imitate God in everything that we do. So what what is that? Uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's what we have to have on our minds 24-7. Am I reacting in a way that will be pleasing to God? Am I... Am I um, responding or am I loving? Am I talking? Am I acting in a way that would be pleasing to God? Because I am his child. I am his dear child and he loves me and he's given Christ on the cross as a sacrifice for me. So verse three, it says, let there be no sexual immortality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. What is the sexual immortality? Um, homosexuality that's the sexual immortality having sex outside of it being a man and a woman uh, under the marriage of God adultery is sexual immortality Um, doing sexual gestures or sexual things with animals with children um, watching pornography getting involved in pornography, more than multiple partners, um, doing things to yourself that are impure or unpleasing and pleasing to God. Greed among us. When it's not just talking about money with greed, greed can be anything that we want an overabundance of. Uh, It could be money, it could be food, it could be sex, it could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be whatever we're in greed of that we would do anything to receive these things. Rob a bank, um, kill someone, greed, 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 having to have so much more just because somebody else has. That's greed. And in God's word, it says such sins have no place among God's people. Verse four says obscene stories and foolish talk and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. So we're not supposed to have that sexual joke talks out of our mouth, the foolish talk that sometimes we're just talking just to agitate somebody or talking and in a way of gossip, um, coarse jokes, meaning those really harsh jokes when we're putting somebody down or speaking bad about, uh, an ethnicity, uh, a race or, or a disability. God says that my people should not take part in those type of things. In verse six, it says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. 
Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So God's telling us here, don't be fooled by those who are trying to excuse these things. What does that mean? Excuse these sins. That means that when they have an LGBTQ march, you should not be participating in such because that is not of God. Yes, God says to love everyone, but you don't stand for that. You love the person, but you dislike the sin. So when you're walking along and, and you're being promoting something that's not of God, then you're fitting in. It says don't participate in the things that these people do. When the law passes for drugs to be legal, that doesn't mean that just because the law has passed it, God's word says don't put any impure thing inside of your body. So why would I want to go ahead and put these things inside of my body just because the law says it's okay for me to do so? That's the problem with the world today. They live by the things of this world and not the things of God. So God says that once you were full of darkness before you came to me, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. And what happens is, as we've spoken about this before, when we release all of our sins, confess all of our sins, pour it all out and God fills us up, we're filled up with his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in alignment with God. The Holy Spirit is God. And he will, will lead us and guide us and will want to do what is right and good and true. Going to verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil or darkness, evil and darkness, excuse me. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So what exactly does this mean? What this means is that just because people are doing things in the dark, they think they're getting away with it. They think that, oh, they can hide and, and they're doing this. And it's not necessarily meaning dark like uh, it's nighttime meaning in the dark, basically like behind somebody's back, taking advantage of somebody, um, stealing, and it could be in broad daylight, whatever it is that you're taking part of that's the evil and darkness, you should not be doing those things because God says, hey, I cleaned you out. And even though you think that you're doing it and nobody knows, it's going to be brought to the light, it's going to be brought to justice whether it's here on this earth or when it's the day of actual judgment. And God tells us, awake, O sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. That means that there are so many of us that are walking around like, like they say, the walking dead. That's how it is here. When you don't have Christ in your life, you're walking around because you're in a routine. You're not living your life for God to the fullest and the abundance and prosperity that he wants to give you. We're walking around like, I oh, get up, I eat, I take a shower, I get my kids on the bus, I go to work, I come home, I cook dinner, I go to sleep, I wake up. There's so much more to life for you that God has, but you have to allow him to live in and through you so you can receive that. In verse 15, it says, so be careful how you live. 
Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So how do we understand what the Lord wants us to do? How we do that is by being in constant prayer, by listening, by having our mind fixed and stayed on God, by waking up each day to say, Lord, I'm living my life out for you. I'm standing on this very day, this very moment. I want you to be my guide. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide and direct me, Lord. It's not me, it's you. And you're quiet because we get so wrapped up in the busyness of life. We never take or we we fail, not never, but fail to take the time just to stop, to spend with God, to listen. Verse 18, it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God tells us, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Can you have a glass of wine with your dinner? Okay. It doesn't state that here in God's word. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Well, what do you mean it's going to ruin my life? Think about it. When you're drunk, you don't make wise decisions. When you're drunk, your your thought process isn't as fast. Your reactions aren't as fast. You're going to ruin your life. So you get drunk, you get, I mean, look at the statistics on how many drunk drivers there are. How many people have been killed by drunk drivers? How many lives have been affected because of drunk drivers? Not only that, how many people damage their bodies due to this alcohol? You get damage to your liver, damage to your stomach, damage to your esophagus. You can get cancers. That's how you're ruining your life with this alcohol. So it says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So guess what? When you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have this joy. A lot of people get drunk because they feel like it gives them a a freedom or a type of not caring or courage. But the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is he gives you all of those things without you having to um, put anything impure inside of your body. People ask me all the time, oh, how can you be so happy? How can you be so full of joy? I want what you have. What are you taking a drug or something? And I say, it's Jesus juice. It's the juice of Jesus, Yeshua. I take him daily because he gives me that joy. Yes, I'm walking around humming and singing. I'm in a fabulous mood. Yes, there are days that I go through trials, go through tribulations, but I don't let it get the best of me. I fight through. Yes, I have loss of loved ones. Yes, I used to have anxiety. Yes, I used to have depression. Yes, I was physically beaten, almost died a couple times. So a lot of people say, oh, well, you've never been through what I've been through. I might not have, but I've been pretty close. Or maybe I've gone through even more, or I might have gone through less than what you've been through, but I've been through things. My life has not always been hunky-dory, as some people say. I've been through it. I've been through uh, cancer cells in my body. I've been through sickness. I've been I've been through loss of a love when I, my mom passed away when I was a teenager. Things happen and have happened in my life. So I understand and I've been through, maybe not to match what you've been through, but all I can say is I know that having the Holy Spirit living inside of me, He gets me through it all. I don't get stagnant there. I don't stay there. 
because he helps me pull through. So now, moving to verse 21, it says, And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of this church. He is the Savior of his body, the church, as the church submits to Christ. So you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. So what does that mean? Submit. As the church submits to Christ, that means that us, we are the church. We are, it's not a physical building out there. It's us. It's what's inside of us. Is what is poured inside of us. All of Christ, all of God, all of his knowledge and wisdom. And we are the church sharing his word. He's not coming back for a building. He's coming back for us, his people. So when we submit to God, and, and this is saying like some people twist this up and get all uh, frustrated with, oh, oh, so I got to do everything my husband tells me to do? Or uh, my husband doesn't do this or that. Why do I have to listen? Or the husband might say, well, my wife doesn't do this or that. So, so listen, in verse 25, it says, for husbands, this means to love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates their own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and join, is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. So that's a, a win-win situation because when we have uh, and I use, I've used this example before that with my husband, I'm submitting to him. I trust God in him. I trust God in him so strong. So whatever decision he makes for our household, yes, he's going to hear my opinions. He's going to take my advice. And a lot of times he's like, wow, babe, that's a really great idea. Let's definitely go with that. But then there are other times he would say, you know what? I understand what you're saying. He was like, but if we look at this over here, we're getting a bigger benefit from it. And, and see, I trust God in him to say, okay, he's going to make the right decision for our family. And me as a wife, I am to love my husband and say, you know what, honey? That's great because guess what? All things are going to fall on him. So if that plan didn't work through, guess what? Him being the man is going to step up and make things wrong his rights, right his wrongs. Go to God and say, okay, God, well, this way didn't work out. And we're going to pray together on things. It's not that he's doing things by himself, is that he's the one that will say, okay, this is the step we're going to take. And then as a wife, I'm submitting to that. He's going to love me and he's not going to do anything that's going to harm me or our children or anything that's going to be disobedient to God. He's going to pray to God. Look, we're going to pray to God together to look for the answer of what's going to benefit our family the best and the most. And so submission unto Christ, submission means to surrender, to yield, yield one's person to the power of another, to give up the resistance. God requires us to be in full submission to him. That means to release, surrender all, the past, 
Release all the things that are dwelling inside of us that are holding us back. Things that have hurt us. Unforgiveness, rejection, sadness, uncontrolled emotions, depression, addictions, bad habits, bad relationships, bad words or curses over our lives, control issues, identity confusion, disorders, demonic spirits, and the things that you feel you can't live without. Surrender it all to God. Let him take these things from you, clean you out of these things that are harming you and allow the love of Jesus, Yeshua, to pour into you love and peace and joy, patience and kindness, gentleness, self-control, so you can live the best life that God has created for you to fulfill your purpose. Once you have given it all to Christ, you will think differently. You will feel a freedom. You'll feel lighter and happier. You'll feel healthier, just like a tooth that's infected and it puts sickness in your body. It makes you feel bad. It hurts you. When you get the antibiotics, which is a symbolization of the things of this world, it quiets the pain for just a moment, but the tooth will flare up again. But yet once the tooth is extracted, which is a symbolization of being removed out of your body, once that sin, once that that thing you're holding onto is removed from your body. It will hurt for that day because it was a lot of infection and pain, but once removed, there's a healing process in the same way with us releasing all things to God. It may feel at first and uh, uh, uncomfortable or a little uneasy, but when we realize we don't need to live with that pain or live with those things, we can live in the freedom of no pain or hurt. Will you allow Jesus, Yeshua, to extract the things inside of you? Extract it out, the things that don't belong to give you what the world can't, which is peace beyond all understanding and a final destination of heaven. So, Father God, we come to you and give you honor and glory and praise. We thank you for this beautiful and wonderful day that you've given to us. Thank you for your word, Father. What you require of us is to stay away from the things that are not like you, Lord, because it's damaging to our hearts, damaging to our minds, damaging to our bodies. And Lord, you just want what's best for us. So we thank you for that. And we love and honor and glorify and adore you. Father God, I pray that all the listeners have received your word on this day to understand how to clean up and clean out their lives and live a life because it's what you require of us, Lord. That's what your word, your truth tells us, what you require of us, what is pleasing to you, Father. Because these things that we're living in, these things that we're allowing to take control of over our lives are not healthy and it's, it's not good for us. You want us to live in a freedom, Lord. You want us to live in a freedom, Father, a healthy and free life of peace and love and of you, Father. So we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. You are wonderful, magnificent, and we praise you and honor and glorify you. You are worthy and so wonderful to be praised. In your precious mighty name, Yeshua, amen, amen, amen. So thank you so much for joining us on this day. We pray that your hearts and minds have been touched. We thank you so much for receiving the word of God, not just hearing, but receiving it so you can apply it to your lives. Thank you. Remember, you can find us on the World Wide Web at youareloveministries.us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, and it's all spelled out. You are Love Ministries. Remember to look for the heart with the cross to it. Until next time, you are loved. Thank you.